Hello all you change makers out there. Today's uh, podcast episode I have the pleasure of having a chat with Hamish Gordon from The Driver's Tipple. Um, I've known Hamish for quite a few years now and uh, actually we've had some serendipitous uh, encounters uh, in our uh, uh, history together so uh, we uh, always end up chatting about the bigger things in life and uh, a few years ago, a couple of years ago uh, Hamish launched this product called the driver's tipple it's essentially a gin replacement drink uh, that has no alcohol in it I'll let him talk a bit more about that during the podcast as we dive into the journey he's been through before, during, and after, so to speak, the uh, launch of uh, Driver's Tipple. Um, And of course, you know, we've gone through the epidemic and lockdowns and with all the challenges that come with that. And uh, certainly we had to talk to him about that too. So... Hamish and I certainly see eye to eye on many of uh, the world's challenges when it comes to business and uh, conscious capitalism and conscious business management, if you like. So uh, uh, if you feel that uh, any of the stuff that I say makes sense, if you're a business or a business owner or entrepreneur and you want to explore these topics further, please uh, let me know and uh, contact us through the alchemyexperience.co.uk and uh, and I'll happily set aside half an hour to have a chat about uh, your situation and how the Alchemy Experience might be the place for you to explore your challenges further and find solutions to uh, your business challenges. But for now let's go deep diving with the conscious liquor baron Hamish Gordon. Welcome, Hamish Gordon, to the uh, Alchemy Experience podcast. Um, Thank you for having me. A race driver by profession and uh, turned uh, liquor baron uh, <laughs> without uh, liquor without alcohol, but uh, yet a liquor baron. So um, <laughs> it's uh, it's a uh, for most of us a winding road, <laughs> a winding path that we end up where we end up. So. Uh, Hamish is no different, and uh, so I thought it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about his story and how he ended up uh, where he is today. So, welcome, Hamish. Well, thank you, Christopher. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, it's great, great, great to be here and to and to share. You know what's 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 going on in in, in both our worlds. Yeah, absolutely, and it's uh, it's always great to be able to have you know share. We we have discussions now and then you know and it tends to be very long discussions and it's <laughs> yes. uh, w- which is great because they they do go into the depth of what we think and what we feel and all of those things but i think is when we when we kind of find those nuggets you're just like oh i wish i could share this with someone so mm. i think this is a good platform to uh, uh, find some of those nuggets and share with the public so so yeah you were a race driver and now you're a liquor baron how does that happen <laughs> yes i was i i raced for uh sort of 23 years um and uh and had successes and, and failures like everybody else and uh at, at the end of my career i uh, and i to be say the end of my career i still do a bit of driving bit of sort of testing work and filming and things like that but uh at the end of my career, 
uh, I sort of got out a bit into the wilderness a little bit. And, uh, and after a couple of years, I decided to just to stop, stop drinking um, for, for a while. There was, there was never any sort of goal like dry January or I'm going to give up for a month or six months or, or whatever. It just, it just, um, just happened. I just decided it, a bit of a, a sort of a, a life change, if you like. And it was, it was. And uh, at the time, um, I, I wasn't in a particularly good place, but uh, but nothing, nothing drastic. And it was interesting because uh, a friend, my, one of my oldest, dearest friends said, said to me, look, you know, when, when you didn't drink, you were you were so much more alive and and ha- much much happier and it was for for me it was this more more of a mental side of things and funnily enough um very early on in my race career one of my sponsors bet me that i couldn't stop drinking for a year it sort of came out out of a conversation of, and a bit of bravado and i did it and uh it was it was probably the best year of my life up to up to then you know I, I I did so much more I had so much more energy and I, I was fitter I was a lot more positive and you know, my, my driving was so much better as well and uh, my, my friend Christian said to me look do you remember those that that year you remember how you used to be he said why don't, why don't you just give up drinking for for a little bit and, uh, and and see how you get on so I did that and it and uh, you know, a few months turned into a year, turned into two, turned in, <clears throat> turned into three, and so on. And that's um, really why uh, I I looked at this industry, the, the whole non-alcoholic world, because I, after about I, I suppose eight nine months, I got a little bit bored with always drinking lime and soda, drinking orange juice and lemonade, and uh, or or even having a a non-alcoholic beer where someone would point the finger and say what why are you not drinking why why are you drinking drinking that um and 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 all the the substitutes if for, for want of a better word uh were full of sugar um and not particularly either tasty or or healthy and and someone gave me a a non-alcoholic in inverted commas gin um at, at a party a friend of mine who's a who's a, a sur- surgeon and she said try that and I tried it and it was it was it was good uh, it wasn't it wasn't amazing but it was good and and I looked at the the can it came in it was a pre-mixed um non- right. non-alcoholic pre-mixed one, yeah. GNT yeah but it was it was full of chemicals right. and uh I thought surely there must be a way of doing this better you know, doing it in in a proper distilled fashion and and I sort of sat on that for 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 a while and then I literally had a, an epiphany one one morning it was quarter, quarter past three on a Tuesday I bolt up right in bed I thought I know what I've got to do I've got to see if you can make a non-alcoholic as I said in, in inverted commas gin and that's really where the driver's tipple started um, and and the story just goes on and on and on 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 from there. But that was that was that was the reason behind it was that I missed the one thing I missed was a was a nice refreshing gin and tonic. I'd stopped drinking. I wanted to have something that I could a, a grown up drink, if you like, that um, that I could enjoy socially. And and that's that's where it was all born. Yeah, I mean, I gave up drinking uh, about four and a half years ago, and it was. Mm. You know, one of these kind of, I gave up with having a beer uh, at night, 
and then it was like when we went to dinners or parties i was like you know what i i don't like the feeling of what alcohol does to me and i don't like the fact that it deteriorates my my health um and i don't like the way i feel afterwards or the Mm. day after Mm. Uh, so i totally resonate with it uh with you and the fact that there are now uh, alternatives to the standing in the pub drinking a cup of tea or cup of (laughs) coffee or something that has just an abundance of sugar in it um, is fantastic and that also shows the fact that you can access it in the pub also tells me that the non-drinking culture Mm. or non-alcohol drinking culture is becoming more acceptable because i reckon there were a lot of people that were like hamish what the hell why are you not drinking you know um because i i know a lot of people i speak to that have stopped drinking get a lot of flack from their uh, peers if you like that they used to go drinking with right is that something you experienced too? Yeah, very much so. In the beginning, um, uh, there was quite a lot of raised eyebrows and and, uh, and people just thought it was a fad, you know, that this, this can't possibly go on. But after, a, I, I suppose, after about four or five months, um, people realised I was serious. They could see the difference in me. Uh, you know, I lost a lot of weight, um, but I was, and I was a lot happier in myself. I was doing, I was working uh, so much, but but enjoying what I was doing, and um, and I think eventually, probably after six months, people started to to respect my 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 choices, and and the, the difference was was that I I was not being evangelical uh, mm-hmm. or judgmental against against anybody that was drinking. Uh, I would go out and you know, I, I can remember going to one party at, at a friend's house and still being up chatting at three o'clock in the morning and people going, I can't believe you're doing this without half a bottle of vodka inside you. <laughs> uh, you know? and, uh, and I said, well, no, because I, I have so much more energy. And, and you know what, tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and I'm going to remember the conversations we've had and I'm going to remember the people that I, that I met. Um, and and it, uh, one sort of funny story was that I, th- I think it must have been after about nine months, um, some of the sort of my sort of locals in in the pub, um, which I would still go to, you know, they and uh, and and they they sort of got it into into their head. It was it was almost like a challenge that that I was doing, yeah. and 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 they were they were almost proud of it. Um, yeah. But the 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 landlord gave me a, a pint of beer um and and i was just about to take a, a sip from it and um a very sort of large um strong australian friend of mine grabbed my arm and went no don't do it don't do it and of course it was non-alcoholic beer it was alcohol free beer and he thought it was a real beer <laughs> <laughs> so so it, it actually flipped and he was one of the people that was very sort of uh, dismissive of me not drinking at the beginning um and it and it flipped, but I think it it flipped because people respected what I was what I what I'd chosen to do. Yeah. Um, I think the fact that I hadn't put any any uh, goal line on it, you know, I had, was not giving up for a year. It was just I, I just decided to do it and try it try it for a while, and that that I wasn't 
upset if someone was there having a having a, a drink with me you know I, I, and people would ask me and say do you mind do you mind if i have a glass of wine no, of course <laughs> i don't mind of course i don't mind well and i i think that's the a lot of times the the challenge is that people think oh you must have had a problem like oh god yeah yeah, you yeah, give yeah, up yeah. drinking you must have had a problem and it's like yeah no my problem was that <laughs> i didn't enjoy alcohol anymore that's it's like if you're if you're an alcoholic and you give up then people are like they they support you more than if you mm. just give up because it's not serving you any longer as it were right absolutely and and i just i just came to the the conclusion that alcohol just did not agree with me yeah. you know we we our bodies are made up of various chemicals and etc and and some people's chemical makeup just doesn't work with certain certain chemicals people are allergic to nuts to to various things mm. um and for me i just i just came to the realization that that alcohol just wasn't wasn't good for me much as i enjoyed it the the repercussions and what it was doing to me um just wasn't doing me any favors and but no i wasn't i was not an alcoholic and i and i know people who uh are reformed alcoholics and were alcoholics and uh, and by no means was i anywhere uh near that mm. um and I think the, the 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 way that I gave up by just literally going cold turkey and just not not having to need any help or anything like that just just shows that it wasn't a, a desperate um, state. No, but it becomes a to me it was, and I I've thought about this quite a lot where it's part of your identity to go to the pub and have yeah. a few drinks with friends, or it's your identity to you know, have a few glasses of wine with friends, even if it's at that level, it's still part of your identity. Mm. And now you're assuming a new identity as a non-drinker, as it were. So yeah. the challenge is when you're in the identity of, you know, going to a party, having a couple of glasses of wine, which, you know, loosens you up and you, you're chatting and you become more talkative. And even though, it might be garbage coming out of your mouth. <laughs> but the point is that you you it's hard to imagine yourself or visualize yourself as this other identity mm. you know how could i even go to a party and not drink i mean am i going to have fun am i going to be sociable am i going to be fun um you know am i going to be able to be there till three o'clock in the morning and keep going as it were um so i think a lot of times and at least i know when i quit before i quit smoking it was one of the, those things that i couldn't visualize myself as a non-smoker right. like uh, the the idea of shedding that identity was very scary because uh, it's part of you that will be dying you know this is something that you will not do again for the rest of your life so yeah. part of you dies, even though it's it's a good part. <laughs> it's a bad part of you that uh, is dying. So it's good that it does die. Um, mm. So is that something that you've reflected on, or you just felt the the motivation was strong enough that you had no problem with it? I th I think I don't think I ever identified, but it's, it's very interesting because I know a number of people who are 
smokers um, and they label themselves as smokers. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a smoker, so I'm proud and etc. And I never, I never had, I never saw myself as a drinker or a smoker or, or anything like that because I had, I had enough, I suppose, having, doing racing, uh, I was doing things that were unconventional um, I, I wasn't doing a nine-to-five job, so so I think that was that was more my identity, so the racing driver label, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that was a, a bigger a bigger focus, and I I, I never thought of myself um, as a, a drinker. It was just something that that we that we did socially. And you're and you're right. It's it's very much part of the the British culture to go to the pub and to socialise and to talk, and 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 it's almost expected that you would have an alcoholic drink uh, yeah. al- although although that is that is changing um and uh, and we've talked about this before is is that the perception of not drinking is is about to change much like the perception of vegetarianism mm-hmm. has changed in the last 20 years and and the perception of of smoking you know, you know uh, people light up a, a cigarette in a in a, in a party at a house, for instance, there are quite a few people that would frown nowadays. Yeah. That five. I don't ten think years people ago, would even do it. You know, I don't. No, think well, most, most people would natu- a... Yeah, would, most people would naturally go outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I I went to a uh, I went skiing in Austria about eighteen months ago, and um, I I just found it bizarre that I walked into a, into a bar that we'd gone to for years and years, and it was full of smoke. And it was just this is surreal because we are now sort of used to going to a restaurant or to a yeah. bar and it's with total clean air and it's, it's only when you go go almost back in time you think crikey we used to do this yeah. and this used to be the norm um we used to stand here and inhale this toxic air not, yeah. not to mention the our own <laughs> sticks of, <laughs> of death that we uh, <laughs> fumigate ourselves with yeah and it's it is amazing that when when you when you look back at where you come from and it's uh, the idea mm. of um, you have the future gap and you have the uh, the past gap so you it, it's always more challenging to look at the future gap where you mm. want to be as to where you've come from mm. so when you do the past gapping then you can see oh my god how far haven't I come? You know, um, yeah. when you look back, it's like, thank God I left that place, or thank God I'm no longer that person, or whatever it may be. You know, yeah. you can do with a sense of pride instead of future gapping, where you you can gain a bit of a, a sense of anxiety because you can't really see yourself there yet, right? Yes. Uh, so have have you found that? after you because and the, the the reason for my question is because of our discussions they tend to you know they tend to be quite deep and a lot about mindfulness and so forth mm. have you found that you become it's become easier to be aware of your present moment now that you after you stop drinking or do you see that you've always kind of had this idea of mindfulness and who you are and your kind of position in the universe <laughs> um I, th- I think that i'm 
I wouldn't necessarily say more aware, but obviously I'm I'm not going to try and escape from it. Right. And I and I think that's that's the thing with 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 any you want to if you want to call it a crutch or or, or any vice is is that it's a it's a form of or can be not always can can be a, a form of escapism and uh, we've we've all heard people and i've i've probably said it you know cracky let's just go and get drunk let's just just let's just get away from this situation mm-hmm. let's go and get drunk let's forget about it for for the night and then we'll face it again tomorrow yeah. and then and then you're you know you wake up the next day in a much worse state facing the same problem um and, it doesn't disappear does it and it and it doesn't disappear and and i find now that i'm more um capable i'm better equipped to deal with that problem to analyze it and and to and i think i'm braver as well to to, to face it head on yeah um and and i think that that not drinking really really helps that because it you don't have that escape route um that that you that you rely on um and that really helps. It really, really helps. It certainly helps me. Yeah, no, um, I, I, I completely agree with you that it, it allows you to have a clearer mind. And mm. when you face the challenges that you, uh, come, that you come up against and you overcome them or you, mm. you are able to face them and deal with them, um, there is that sense of pride when you're on the other side. That, yeah, um, and I, I have a I have a little um, little quote that I, I have programmed into my computer, which pops up usually once once a week, <laughs> um, which I picked up, which, which is uh, what we f- fear doing most is usually what we most need to do. Yeah, and it's so true. It's so true. And you look at you try and procrastinate. I used to be horrific at pro- procrastinating uh, over D, and sometimes even now I can be. Um, where and. And it's almost like a masochistic thing. I know that sounds a bit extreme, but you say, no, I'm going to put that off. I'm going to put it off, put it off. And nine times out of 10, when, once I've dealt with it, I feel so, uh, so much better. Uh, certainly the stress has disappeared, any anxieties disappeared. And I, I always think, you know, crikey, why didn't you do that two weeks ago? And then you yeah. wouldn't have had two weeks of worrying about it. Yeah. And, it's, oh. and it's, so, it's so true. Yeah, no, I, I'm totally with you on that. And- bookkeeping is one of my <laughs> yeah, me too <laughs> it's one of those things at the end of the year when the, the when the, the counts have to come in every single year i have the the uh, conversation with my accountant have you done it yet <laughs> yeah it's like no no i have not <laughs> and it, it's but... it is one of those things every darn year i promise myself when i sit down to do my books i'm just going to continue and do the books up to date and then keep a weekly appointment with myself to keep doing yeah and um so i've made that promise to myself this year again uh, as i'm uh, about to approach this challenge this weekend <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll see uh, shall, shall i uh, overcome my own uh, procrastination we'll see uh, the story uh, is yet to be told and it continues but um <laughs> I mean, we, it's it's work in progress, right? So yes. uh, at least we have the awareness and we can chip away at it little by little, right? Um, yeah. So 
I know we've talked, and I want to switch gears here a little bit, where uh, we had a chat a while back uh, when you were talking about, um, you know, as you were starting up or you were planning to do this business. Mm. And the numbers just didn't look great. The, the, the <laughs> it wasn't something that was going to people like telling you that you shouldn't do it because the numbers were pointing in the wrong direction. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit, if you don't mind, the way you were at and kind of what made you progress with the project all the same. Um, yes, it was, it's, it's very like a, like a lot of these things. Um, when you come up with an idea, I, I, I was very, very secretive about the driver's tipple. Um, and I only told um, literally a handful of friends, and I mean three or, three or four, just purely and, and family included, um, because I thought that I'd stumbled across something that was amazing, was, was really good. And and also I'd had a few sort of ideas for things in the past and, and had gone and overshared, if you like, and they hadn't come to fruition. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I think if, if I keep it as a secret and I, and I sort it all out in my mind, then, then I've got a much better chance. And it's, I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's, but it was just, uh, it was almost like a karma. If you say, oh, I'm going to do this. And then of course it doesn't, it doesn't happen. Yeah. And, and a number of people were, um, that uh, a, a couple of the four were. Mm, are you sure this is going to take an awful amount of investment? You've never worked in the drinks drinks industry. You know what on earth do you know about? Mm -hmm. And and I think that that being a little bit stubborn, um, you know, having spent years of of people overtaking me, you know, the last thing you do as a, as a racing driver is someone overtakes you, you go, oh, well, there goes that position. No. You go, you go back at them. You, know? yeah. you, you go, go to get that position back, and and I think it was that competitive spirit, where the 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 more barriers that we came up against, um, then the the more I was charging ahead. And to be fair, I'd, I'd spoken to uh, someone who local to us who owns a, a distillery, and and he, very well respected gentleman. He said to me, he said, hey, Mr. That's, a, that's a genius idea. He said, you've got to figure out how to do it. Uh, we, we can't do it. We, you need to physically figure out how to do it. Um, and that's going to cost, cost money. Uh, it's going to take a lot of time and an effort. But, but he said, it's, you're definitely in the, in the right space. And he was absolutely right. Um, when, when, people, when people say you can't do something, that's usually them saying, I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's, it's not, you, you can't do it. It's, it's their own, their own insecurities. And there are, there are lots of people in, 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 in history. Look at, look at the, uh, the story of Steve, Steve Jobs, you know, and look at the story of um, Richard Branson. You know, Richard Branson was, took on the might of British Airways to set up uh, Virgin Atlantic. Yeah. Sure. He had, he had resources, but it's probably relative. You know, me me taking on the, uh, the the big drinks companies, um, so I, I I think it's I think it's it's one of those things that when people say no you can't you can't do that and they did they they were like you must be mad, um, that just drove me 
drove me harder, I think. I'm guessing you also had that little voice inside of you that were like, that was saying, no, this is something you need to do. Absolutely. And I, I really believed in it. And, and I, I genuinely had that sit up, bolt up right in bed at quarter past three in the morning. And, and I just knew, I don't know where it came from. I just knew it was the right thing. I needed to, to, to pursue it. Um, and I, th I think I was at the point where I was, I was very keen to, to do something different. Um, and I believed in it so much that I, I just knew in my heart of hearts that, that it would work. And, and when, I, when I started to talk to people in the industry and to start to move the project forward, I didn't, I didn't come across any resistance at all. It, no. was only, it was only people away, you know, people, people who have no knowledge um, that, that I got the negatives from. So, which is, so, so uh, some of the, um, the success factors here, um, I'm, I'm feeling is A, intuition, you follow your intuition. Yeah. And uh, you, you hear the naysayers, but if your intuition is still strong enough, you stick with it. And then you assemble the team around you. If it's, some, it's, a, if it's an industry that you don't know, you assemble the team around you that will be able to support your vision and your, um, your goals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and it's, it's always worth when, you, when you're looking at a, a new, especially a new business, is that you, you play to your skills. And I, and I have my skills and then you bring someone in that um, that has skills and knowledge um, because otherwise you end up wasting lots and lots of time and it's and mm -hmm. it's worth bringing that that person in to, to help help you along and and I found actually because I was and also if you're honest honesty is is so powerful um, especially in business and people people go no 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 that's really naive you need to you need to be dishonest or or you certainly need to be secretive and it's it was so not the case in this because i would say to people um i need your help you know would you help me do this is this is my idea this is my concept um but i need i need your help to 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 realize this and and please at any time if i'm saying something that's ridiculous or or just plain wrong tell me you know, I, I haven't got an ego about that and I'm, and I'm not arrogant about it. And, and surely there have been plenty of things where people have gone, mm, I'd try this or mm, I'd try that. Um, and I right. think that's, that's very important. Yeah, and we've also talked about uh, kind of the law of attraction and law of resonance, mm. Uh, mm. that you have that the idea of where you want to be and the idea or the, the feeling within yourself that this is how I want to feel when I'm succeeding with this. Yeah. Uh, is that something you felt was different from your other projects that you were able to maintain throughout this project? You know, I think, I think the, the fundamental difference between the other projects that I, that I'd had over the, <clears throat> the past sort of 20 years outside of, of driving was that all of those, bar none, the motivation was money. Yeah. Whereas, whereas with Drivers Tipple, the motivation was, is, was totally about the product and about the ethos behind the product and, and providing something to like-minded individuals, people like me that wanted to have something, an, an, an alternative. So that, that, was my, <clears throat> that was my goal. And yeah. I remember having having a meeting with my my bank manager, um, 
and I wasn't borrowing money to to set this up. I was using my own my own funds. And he said to me, you know, what's your exit strategy? And I said, well, I don't have an exit strategy. I'm not doing this to build something to sell it. No. And he looked at me in complete disbelief. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he said, you must, you must have a number. You must have a number. And I said, no, I, I gen- genuinely don't. And, and, I, and I, I think it was three or four months after we launched, someone genuinely came up and, and asked, you know, would you be interested in sell- selling to us? Because we love the brand. We love this, the name. Yeah. And I said no because we we haven't. That's not the that's not the plan. We haven't done um, what we're, we're supposed to do yet. So <laughs> no, no, and and of course you know I'm not I'm not crazy if some if one of the big boys companies said look we really really want to take this on and we want to drive it forward, then then you would have to talk to them. But it's yeah. but it's not about that. It's about creating something, having some some ownership of something that you're nurturing. It's like having a baby. No, it's it really, it's what, it really when it becomes that. about that that's the time you know that it's time to move on yeah correct yeah um so the so the i think the concept is you're focused on your passion as opposed to the money and that then allowed you to find uh, traction and make it a success yeah, I think passion is a very good word because it was it was um, thrown at me a few times where <clears throat> we picked up we picked up some some deals, if you like, um, some shops and um, uh, retailers. And a number of times the buyers would turn around and say, it's it's purely your passion for your product that we're in- interested in. You know, the very fact that you're so passionate. You know, so I didn't go in there with a commercial mindset you know and this is what we're going to do these are the numbers etc etc i would go in and we'd try it and we'd have a drink and we'd have a, have a joke and we'd talk about the history behind it and and they would see that and someone yeah. um, and, and now who's who is still selling the product for us said you know the, the first time i met you all i can remember is your passion for what you were doing and she said that was it that was it i just had to i had to help you um and i think i think that and certainly in projects that I had before, which were purely financially driven, I wasn't I wasn't passionate about it. And, I, and this this is the driver's tipple. I'm passionate about it, like I was passionate about my my driving. Um, you know, my driving I never did because I wanted to be a Formula One star and and have a yacht and live in in Monaco. That wasn't why I was doing it. Um, and I think that that passion is is such. Uh, it, I think it shows that you're doing something in truth. You're being honest with yourself. Yeah. You're doing you're doing something for the for the right reasons. Well, and it, it gives it um, sustainability or sustainable energy to mm. go through like the challenges that we're going through right now with the lockdown mm. and and uh, with COVID nineteen. Which obviously your your product is a retail product and uh, not a uh, essential product so i'm sure, sure sure a lot of your retailers have had to close down during the lockdowns and all of those things so yeah. um but yeah no it does it does change the the idea when you walk into a customer and you start talking about the what's beneficial to you as opposed mm. to telling the story as to what's the what's the purpose of the product what's the purpose that you have with that product uh, so instead of coming in with a 
value proposition, you come in with a purpose proposition. Correct. And that does make a huge difference to, uh, to the client, doesn't it? Oh, massive, massive, because, because you're showing them um, maybe a different side of society that, that they're not aware of. And, and okay, they, they, the sobriety movement, if you like, is, is growing um, with leaps and bounds. And it's people are becoming a lot more aware of it. But uh, you know, in very early days, the amounts of times people would say to me, oh, none of, none of my customers would ever entertain having a, a non-alcoholic uh, gin and tonic. Um, Got the wrong and, customers. <laughs> and, well, yes, no, it's just, it was just that it was not the customer. It was their perception. And I, yeah. and I had this conversation with, with someone that owned a pub, pub um, not chain, but a group of pubs. And I said, so you never have anybody drive. You never have any pregnant ladies that, that come to your pubs. And he stared at me and went, crikey, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought of certainly pregnant ladies. Um, and he says, of course. And, and he, to this day, he's, he's one of our best sellers, yeah. Um, which, which, yeah, which, is, which is really, really interesting. And, and we, we had this conversation every now and again. He said, do you remember I said that nobody would drink it? And, I said, and, and they do really, really well with it. Do you find, um, what's your attitude to competition? Because there, there is competition is heating up in this mm. space. Um, so what's your attitude towards that? It's competition is an interesting one. I, I've always thought competition, competition is, is good. And I remember when, when we first launched uh, the driver's tipple, um, the main, our main competitor who had set the market, created the market, uh, was a company called Seedlip, but lots of people have heard of. And someone said to me, oh, you know, you've missed the boat. They've been going for a year and a half, two years. Um, you know what's what's the point of doing that? <laughs> and I and I looked him straight in, in the in, in the face and said, "Look, I'm sure Mr. Pepsi Cola is absolutely distraught that he's number two to Coca Cola." Yeah. And <laughs> and it and it's uh, and and you and people throw that at me all the time. You know, don't 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 you think that uh, that this person's doing it? That person's doing it. I say, what what do you do? Well, I'm an accountant. Well, there's lots of accountants in the country. There's lots of estate agents and lawyers, but mm -hmm. but you're still you're still doing that. And I think that I I learned from a project that I did I don't know eight to ten years ago that I came up with a really good idea. It was it was in the world of IT, and the problem was was that uh, we were pioneers. It was a really new idea, and yes, we got some very big players involved, but. The problem with being a uh, pioneer is that you need to finance and you need to, you need to convert so many people. Mm -hmm. The more the more people that come into this uh, this sector, just proves to me that the the sector is growing. And we know we can we can we can look at the figures. We can look at our own sales figures mm -hmm. and and market data, and it it is very much growing. And to be perfectly honest, as you know, money is not the motivation. We are we are creating something. We've got some fantastic followers, and it's and it's growing exponentially. Um, I think competition is good because the the more people that are out there advertising their products, making people aware that these products are available, will just encourage more and more people to uh, to try them and to, and to, to drink them. And it's just down to us to make sure that, that people try the driver's tipple. They might, might, might want to try 
uh, other brands and they're aware of other brands and and they're surely there there are much bigger brands but that does not mean that uh, that we should not have a, 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 thor- a thoroughly positive business a flourishing business no absolutely and the as far as i understand with your brand your your passion proposition if you like uh, not mm. using uh, the traditional unique selling proposition but your passion proposition is that it's free of com- chemicals it's yeah. you've gone through the traditional distilling process mm-hmm. and you have natural spices and fruits and herbs in the product um, and that's kind of the the position you've taken uh, when you go talking to customers I said Yes, yeah, so it's not it's not a flavored product. You can you can create um, all sorts of drinks by adding oils and adding flavors to them, uh, and that was one of my my initial inspirations from that the gin and tonic I told you about at the party. Um, right. <clears throat> that our product has the botanicals from a traditional London dry gin. Um, we just and it it is fully distilled, like a traditional London dry gin. Uh, but we don't use the alcohol in the process, and, and obviously I can't go into the into the process because we've had to develop that, and and it's it, that is our, our sort of secret essence. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and 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 yes, apart from preservatives, there there are no sort of nasty nasty chemicals in it, and it and it, it is uh, a, a pure pure product. You know, we don't have any any salt or or sugar in it um so that it has lots and lots of of positives i can't talk for the tonic that you're going to mix it with yeah. or, or or your mixer um but but the product is as as clean as we can possibly make it yeah and it is interesting because i i use your product myself and i think it is fantastic um and you've just launched with a new recipe over the mm. autumn i think right yeah um uh i I tried the old product and I've tried the new product and the or the new recipe and it's it's fantastic. Um, but it does strike me though when you when you drink it uh, straight, mm. it it strikes you very. It becomes very apparent how, like in gin, uh, like real alcoholic gin. Yeah. What the t- uh, the taste of the alcohol is actually the part of it. Yes. You know, the 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 flavor components that is outside of the alcohol are quite subtle. Yes. Um, and they are just enhanced by the alcohol. So how do you get past that, uh, that stumbling block, if you like? I think, I think it is that, that you have, you have to separate the, the, the flavor from the botanicals and the flavor from the alcohol and the, I think a, a misconception is when people try gins, especially when they're when it's neat, is ninety percent that they are tasting is is the is the alcohol, is the ethanol. This, this, I, this I would say it. it's ninety-eight <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But there, the, I mean, there yeah. are various different flavors and and, yeah. and what have you. But you're right. Yes, it's the largest proportion is. But as soon as you mix it with something, so for instance, like a tonic, the uh, the tonic, the effervescence in the tonic brings the botanicals out yeah. so that's that's why when we say to people and they say well when i when i when i try it neat i, I don't I, I can taste something 
mm. but it's, it doesn't taste like gin. But when I mix it with a tonic, it suddenly tastes like gin and tonic. Yeah. How, do, how does that work? Yeah. Because, because it's the botanicals giving you that, that flavor that, that comes through. Very clever, Hamish. Very clever. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but it's, uh, I suppose on the flip side, people should try drinking a tonic with just water mixed in and see what the difference is. You know, yes. and, uh, yeah. and then Absolutely. you can We've... really tell the difference. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, pe and people say, surely it's just, it just tastes like tonic. But of course, of course it doesn't. No. And, it, and, it's, and it's not just, in inverted commas, flavored water. It is, it is a properly distilled uh, product. Yeah. Botanicals are, are, are in there. And, and as you quite rightly said, if you've, if you've got some tonic and, and put a shot of water in it and, and a tonic that's got a shot of driver's tipple in it, you can definitely see the difference. Yeah, but I, I think that's the test people have to make uh, as opposed yeah. to comparing the, the, uh, the uh, straight, neat version of the uh, driver's tipple versus the uh, dry gin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so wh where does the uh, where's the road heading now in terms of uh, product development? Do you have new, obviously with I would imagine I'm not going to say obviously, but I would imagine that COVID nineteen lockdown has been a challenge for you. So just kind of come back, get back out there, and and uh, keep promoting the product is going to be the uh, uh, focus right now. But do you have any thoughts on product development that you're looking to do? Kind of other types of gins, kind of infused gins, or you're looking to branch out to other kind of replacement alcohols or replacements? I think um, yes, we, we we had some challenges last year, um, mainly with getting uh, boring things like getting the bottles. Uh, right. We have a very very distinctive bottle, and, and getting those getting those supplied because because the, the whole manufacturer um, structure was challenged because people were shutting down because people were ill, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yes, we did we did have some issues, and and we were out of stock for for many months um, after. When the first lockdown happened, we went online. We, um, although we we already had an online presence, but we we sold out very very quickly. But then we couldn't replenish it. So mm. as you said, Can, when we came, just a side note, though, couldn't you mm. go back to retailers that had to shut down and pull back stock from them, or you we, were did. Happy? <laughs> we, we did? Oh, you did. Okay, we did. <laughs> yes, uh, not 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 everybody, but we did. We did go to to various and say, look, you know, can we can we sell it? And and they they were like, yeah, sure, sure, get oh, it sure off our, our shelves. Happy as Larry to <laughs> yeah, get no, some no, sales they, were, they 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 were they were fine about it, and um, uh, but it also gave me the time to work on the the the, the new recipe um, and, uh, and and what was in the table. It hasn't changed that much but, it, but we've done things that i wanted to uh, and it gave us the time to play with it to be fair yeah. uh, because there was nothing else to do we could we could just just uh, my my head distiller and i were just playing with ideas and 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 making mistakes and, uh, and then we we came to where where we are well you um, increase some of the botanicals and i can i noticed there's a difference or the the balance is slightly different it you know the recipe itself has not really changed no. i think there's one botanical we've changed but but you're you're right it's the balance it's the percentages of each of each particular botanical has changed and, yeah. and that takes that takes a lot of time 
and working out the balance is 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 very very time consuming um, and difficult actually. But uh, but that's 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 what we've done, um, and so that's what's increased increased the flavour. Yeah. Um, but moving forwards, do we do we want to do? Uh, I think it's I think it's unique enough that we don't need to start playing with the actual tipple itself. Right. Um, there are there are things that we are looking at. Um, potentially uh, a pre-mixed lots of people are looking down that route yeah um there are other spirits that we that we could look at but uh the 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 tipple is is the is my main focus that's that's my passion and and as i said you know we're not trying to create a massive range um lots of of distilleries or gin companies have had to come up with weird and wonderful concoctions and, and different just just to be different just mm -hmm. to have a, a a usp because there is so much competition out there yeah. um that's that's not really our focus and of course yes we've got a roadmap it's got we've got some ideas of, of what we'd like to do um but at the moment the focus is 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 literally on the on the uh, the tipple as it as is okay yeah no and i, I think that's a lot of times a sound uh, strategy especially when you go through a hiccup like we have now because essentially you have gone in and you've made changes to the product and that is now hitting the market and from my understanding you're changing some of the uh, uh, selling strategies as well you, mm. uh, your product is available on amazon right now um, yes yeah whereas before it was only available on your website Correct. Um, oh, of course, including, including including the uh, shops. Yeah, yeah. So we've we've changed we've changed that we've we've uh, embraced Amazon, um, and we're going to be announcing uh, in the next few days uh, eBay as well. We've got a, a reseller that's going going to service eBay for us, okay. which is very exciting. Cool. Um, and and yes, the whole online the, the way people are buying things is is changing. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I saw an interview with uh, Theo Pathetis. I hope I've pronounced his name right. <laughs> the chap, you know, the yeah. famous dra dragon. Um, yeah. And he said back in, I think it was in back in April, that that online sales and on online retailing has moved forwards five years in two months. It was yeah. something like that. Mm -hmm. And and he's absolutely right. You know. When we started with Amazon, which was sort of November um, 2019, we're doing trickles of sales because people, why, why would you buy a bottle of something? You know, you can you can buy pens and paper and books and videos and DVDs, but you wouldn't buy a bottle of of a drink. Mm. But that that has has shifted now. People are having to have things delivered, um, and and, uh, and and that has really really changed the game for us yeah and jeff bezos is uh crying all the way to the bank i'm sure <laughs> yeah I, i'm yeah i'm sure he's he's really happy and and i have to say well we've had a, we've had a very good experience and it's and it is very interesting to see the way that that people are changing the the way that that they buy and we're we're very conscious from a from a sort of pricing point of view that people think oh if you go online it's all got to be um discounted but we, we we actively don't do that because we want to support our retailers as well they're they're very 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 important to us 
Yeah. Um, and uh, and I think that's that's where you have your integrity with with your customers. You know, because customers are not just the end user. You know, the people who like yourself who enjoy the the tipple. Our customers are also the retailers, the people mm -hmm. that have supported us um, through through the the last couple of years, and it's I think it's very very important to um, to support them. Absolutely, the point of sale is tremendously important for the uh, the marketing strategy. Um, mm. Absolutely, but uh, at the same time, as you say, you you need to give access to the product uh, for your clients, the the end user of the. Uh, the the consumer as it were um so it's it obviously the high street as we call it here in england uh is going to be challenged uh mm. coming out of um lockdown and covid19 and what have you mm. um and uh, as you say it's important to continue to support the high street with what you can do to support it uh but at the same time you know consumers will drive the marketplace um, I, th I think it's interesting that, that the the retailers that we talk to uh, i'm hearing a lot of positive feedback i think that the uh, the smaller high street uh, stores are doing so much better than they were before mm -hmm. because because people are having to stay in their vicinity they're having to 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 source um their goods and make their purchases locally, which is which is really good. And we've seen a number of, of shops um, start up locally, uh, which is which is fantastic news. And I, th I think the people that uh, are going to struggle more are, are going to be the the, the bigger re retailers. And you know, we've seen mm. in the headlines, uh, certainly in the, in the world of fashion, that, uh, that that's hit them. And and on online has has taken them very much um to, to the edge yeah and very much by surprise but with us um i think the biggest hit for us is is more on hospitality obviously um yeah. sort of pubs and hotels and, and restaurants that's that's created a a very big hole uh for for our industry mm -hmm. um and uh, uh which is which is incredibly sad and, and nobody knows where that's going to go and whether whether people are going to even when everything is is sorted um are they going to go back into the lifestyle that we had before who knows i think certain aspects of uh the lifestyle is going to return i think there are certain aspects that are going to completely disappear um yeah. i think air travel is going to go down quite a lot mm -hmm. uh, that that's going to take quite a while for that to return yeah because people are more people are going to think about better more when they you know when they fly and where they fly especially in, in terms of business because now we we are accustomed and used to um to actually conduct business and do things over the internet um mm. i mean you you only live 20 minutes away from me um but it's because we're in lockdown, we can't do this physical, physically, uh, face to face, as it were. But it doesn't matter. We don't no. have to spend the CO two to <laughs> drive over and see each other. Um, we can we can use that time for when uh, we can actually go to the pub and uh, have some drivers tipple, as it were. Um, but I think that's that's going to be one of the big changes. Um, we're going to be more 
focused on where we put our um, traveling time. Yes. Um, commuting is going to change. I think you're going to see a lot of big companies that are going to get rid of their big offices and mm. uh, rent kind of take into these um, office hotels, if you like, mm. and uh, just say, everybody, you know, set up in your teams and go and meet in these different locations once a week. Um, otherwise, telecommute. I think I think that's very true. Um, I, I met uh, back in September a, a couple who had some, uh, they had a PR agency in London and they had some very swish, nice uh, offices, which were very expensive, obviously. Um, and they had, they'd looked into the dynamic of their staff and they'd obviously con conducted a lot of meetings over Zoom like we are now uh, or Skype or various other uh, mediums. And they'd researched into their staff and found that I think it was 85% of their staff had to commute into London. Right. And so what they decided was, right, let's go and buy a farm in the countryside. Uh, they found a farm uh, which has some fantastic built out buildings and barns, et cetera. And, and they, they've spent some money or are spending money on the, on the barn to create a lovely welcoming workplace for when, when staff need to come and have a meeting but it's, out, it's outside of London. Um, and the, the cost saving from a commercial point of view is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, they, they've got this, this one, wonderful in, and very positive environment for their staff to come and work in. And the staff don't have to commute. So they're saving their staff. I think it was three hours, the average is three hours a day of commuting incredible isn't it? which if you think about it is and, and we would we were joking about this the other day saying when we, when we come out of this are, are you going to want to go back into into spending three hours a day in the car on a train you know, fighting with people to, to to get to another place or would you like to stay at home and and construct your business i i know a, a friend of mine who works in the city said to me on an average day when i was working in the city i would be able to do three maybe four meetings at a stretch he said to today i can do eight meetings standing on my head no problem at all and not 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 leave my my desk yeah uh, no, and absolutely. Pe and people people are fine about it absolutely and it, it becomes more efficient and also becomes mm. healthier but of course you have the flip side there are a lot of people that are now realizing how what a central role the office plays for their social interactions during yes. the day. It is their so their place of social interaction. Yes, um, and I think the ones that are ready to make a change and just change how they interact socially, uh, they're going to thrive from it. The ones that aren't going to be able to come up with that other way to socially interact they're going to suffer from it mentally mm. uh, there's yeah. going, to, going to be a lot of anxiety and depression coming out of that aspect of it um, as a result of the changing dynamics of uh, the the office landscape if you like um, but yeah no we I, th I think it's by and large if if uh, people understand how they can change with it, the fact that you're saving a lot of time not commuting, 
so you can spend that time with your family. So that's yeah. going to allow for a happier and more um, yeah, healthier family unit. Mm. Um, and you become more efficient at uh, work oftentimes because you're not harassed by all these little things all the time. Your time management is going to be much more efficient. Yes. Um, so I think there's, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for new businesses and new consultants to come in and help people uh, learn how to work from home and learn mm. how to uh, manage their time as they're working from home, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's more and more important to before you may have checked your email three times a day that was your time management how is that going to be different now because you can't have the conversations you have with your colleagues how is how are you going to manage that communication is they're going to be set up on a, a chat board and you know how do you set up that system so there's going to be a lot of interesting uh, outcomes that uh, we're going to see as the new normal is being created. Yes, I I, I agree. I think there's the one thing that that we have uh, realised out of this is that yes, there's the, the lack of social con contact, but that that has pros and cons. You know, the con con is is that the amount of time that was wasted by the coffee machine, the waste of the time that was wasted by people just coming up or coming into my office and, and, and chatting or into one's office and, and just, just chatting through the, through the day. Whereas, whereas now if I talk to someone, it's like we're talking now is, is very much more to the point, but we can, we can still have a, have a chat around the outside, mm -hmm. but, but we have to make that effort. We, you're not going to just wander into a conversation. You've got, no. you've got to make a, an action. You've got to make a, a, a call. And I think that from my point of view is that there's been less time wasted during the day. Uh, and I'm, I'm used to, to working from home. Um, or having an off, off, our offices at, at where I live. And uh, so I'm used to it. And, and I must admit that the social contact thing was really brought to my mind when in September, after we'd been in, in lockdown for, for quite a long, what was it, five, five months, wasn't it? Um, I went and did some driving with Jaguar and yeah. met up with some friends and, and it, it was the, the release and, and being able to talk to, to people that I hadn't seen for, for such a long time and just to talk about various you know, totally inconsequential things, just mm -hmm. chit chat. That was, that was amazing. And, and I hadn't realized how much I'd missed that. Yeah. So, so yes, you're right. I think, I think that, um, we might get to the point where we we can condense our days and we can get all the work that we would we'd probably be an, an awful lot more productive but then afterwards we can go and play tennis or play badminton go and go and visit people let's say even go to the pub and and go out and be uh, a lot more uh, sociable well and that than... that's going to be the change of how we socialize right correct so yeah. that's seeing the the seeing this uh, social platform or the platform from which where you are connecting with other people is changing mm. it's not going to be the water cooler or the workplace that is going to be your main uh, platform for connecting with other people you're going to have to find other pursuits 
um, and you might people might take it start taking up more sports, become uh, mm. more physical and healthier that way. So I think if people can embrace it, I think it's going to be the benefits are going to far outweigh the uh, challenges. Uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, I think. I, I'm uh, studying uh, the works of uh, Keith Ferrazzi at the moment and uh, reading his book, uh, Leading Without Authority, uh, where, you know, he talks about the idea of the team is changing. Yes. That it's not, you know, if I'm a sales manager, it's not my the people I have reporting to me. It's the people around, we talked a little bit about this earlier when you were talking about not being not having had uh, experience in the drinks industry and basically you had to go out and find people that could support your mission yeah and that's the idea we're talking about here is identifying so for me my mission or massive transformative purpose is to uh, make passion uh, humanity's priority so that's right. my yeah my big goal that's yeah. my moonshot so it's it's a matter of identifying and assembling people that can be part of my team to support my, my every step that i need to take to get to that uh, uh, that moonshot or that goal um so that becomes my team mm. now that i might have people working for me that are obviously part of that team but they're going to be people that are promoters of it. Uh, they might be uh, people that have similar uh, similar goals, but are uh, more progressed. They may have uh, bigger followings or what, whatever it may be. Yeah, they could become part part of that team. It could be specialists who know how to do video production or whatever it may be to reach out to bigger audiences. Um, so, and I think yeah. I think what's important is is that or what's really interesting. Sorry to cut you off there. Is sure. is that is that um, that no longer is geography a constraint. No, it's not. Um, for instance, we've 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 just taken on um, uh, someone who who lives lives in Manchester, um, which is what sort of two hundred plus miles away from us, um, to to do social media work. Um, and to work in in our in, in marketing, and bef before that's that wouldn't have we probably wouldn't have even thought about it. No, you wouldn't um, have thought you wouldn't have entertained it as an opportunity and a possibility. No, no. Um, whereas now we are we are working with people uh, who are literally dotted, and not only in this in this in this country as well, people who are, who are doing roles and, and tasks that that are not having to come. To, to, to this geographical point. And I think that that's, that's really good for society because we've always had, especially in this country, um, the whole sort of north side, uh, sorry, north-south uh, split. Yeah. Um, which uh, <laughs> friends of mine, for, as I'm sure with you, friends of mine from larger countries abroad have never understood. But you're, you're an island. How can you have a north-south <laughs> north divide? Um, I come from Sweden and we have a north-south south it's, divide it's, as well i'm the from same, the south it? coast so. <laughs> <laughs> but but i think this this is one of the, one of the positives that's going to come out is that that it's going to balance i hope 
I might be wrong, but I, I hope it, it, it balances the um, the opportunities for everyone in in the country, so that yeah. you're not defined by your your geography. You're defined by your your skills and your enthusiasm and and your hard work. Yeah, and I think it's going to make things like Brexit quite uh, ineffectual because it's irrelevant. I think it's going to make it irrelevant. Yeah, at the end of the day, we are going to want to work with people across the world and we are going to want to buy things and sell things across the world um so i think the this whole exercise has been of brexit has been an exercise in futility really because it's in a few years it's going to be um, a non-thing really <laughs> so well you, you know i've i've controversially said for for a long time now uh, that, that i saw this is the second millennium bug yeah. Um, and uh, if you remember back to then, the the amount of fear and sure. angst that was that was created because of the because the end of the world is nigh. Um, your mobile Things phone. Are fall out of the sky. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. And I remember being um, on the Millennium Night, being in Sydney, and the countdown happened three, two, one, and the first thing everybody did was look at their mobile phone and their watch to see if it had exploded. Um, <laughs> and 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 of course it hadn't, and no. and and everybody just went, oh, okay, that's that's done then. Um, and I think that yes, they're going to yes, they're going to be teething problems, they're going to be issues. Uh, but at the end of the day, everybody needs to do do business, and everybody needs to survive. Um, and 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 we will we will get through this. It's it's just got to happen. Absolutely. And uh, as a side note to. And I'm going to age us here now, uh, Hamish. <laughs> uh, as a side note for all you listeners who uh, are born around, around the millennium, uh, look up the millennium bug on the uh, on the. Oh, internet. sorry, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, was that something to do with the Beatles? I mean, yes, yeah, so, uh, it's a song. <laughs> was it, was it that long? There was that long ago. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's what's scary about it. Uh, those mm. that were born around the millennium when we were. You were on the plane, and I was partying in the in New Jersey in the U.S. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm now 20 years old, so go figure. Or 21, actually. Shocking, um, isn't it? Yeah, terrible, terrible. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the 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 ideas that we talked about that have kind of brought you to the position you are with Drivers Temple in the beginning, you know, the focusing on your passion. And mm. going out and presenting a, a unique passion pro uh, pr proposition uh, to your customers and working with um, a team that is not necessarily people working for you, but people that can support your vision, mm. all of these things. Um, and having the feeling within your side, uh, yourself and listening to that intuition and really feeling how good it's going to feel when I have succeeded with this are all ingredients uh, that have created the success story. Uh, I'm, I'm venturing out to say that is uh, the driver's temple, right? Yes. No, I think, I think you're absolutely right. <clears throat> and I, th I think it's not, as you said, it's not about the balance sheets. I mean, one, one of my, my favorite memories is the first time I watched a customer walk away with a bag with a couple of bottles of driver's tipple in there. That was, that was such a momentous moment um, and, and an occasion for me. And, and I will treasure that, that, that feeling. 
Yeah. And and um, I was I was talking the other day with uh, with Bryn Parry, who's the cartoonist who did, did the the labels, the characters on the labels for us. Right. And he he said very much the same sort of thing was that was that he never expected to see a piece of his art on a shelf in Harrods in London uh, on, on, so cool. on, a, on a bottle, which it, which is very, very cool. And yeah. and it's that sort of um, reward, which is which I find so much more satisfying. And and as you said, you know, looking looking ahead to to to, to where we we're going to be. I, I just look forward to people having a bottle of driver's tipple in in their home um or uh, uh, the bar or they they see it and they think oh that's fantastic or they walk into a shop they see it oh great i must have a bottle of that yeah because because, because it adds to my life and yeah. uh, and it makes people happy and i you know sure i'm getting emails now even now um with people saying you know this this is a fantastic product i love it thank you and it's 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 filled a filled a hole that's that i was looking for and, and that's really special really special yeah it feeds the passion uh, for sure, and uh, now I, I can only congratulate you, and uh, I'm happy to uh, and really grateful for having been part of your story and your journey thus far. And uh, you have you... very much, very much, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and your support as well, because you know we talked about it when uh, we were very first. First, it was a concept, didn't we? And yeah. uh, and you were you were very positive about it, and and you're you're right. It's to is to visualize where you think it's going to go and, and yeah. focus on that um how you're going to feel when you're when you as you say how are you going to feel when you see the first customer walking away with a couple of bottles of driver's mm. apple then yeah. it's taking that feeling into the present moment as you are developing it and yeah. that's going to be able to sustain you for years and years and years yeah so yeah. i think and so just fantastic. it's just the look on people's faces you know i've been I've been stopped in the street now. You're you're the tipple guy, aren't you? And <laughs> and, you know, and uh, which always makes me laugh. But it, it's just uh, to, to see that you've brought brought some joy, some happiness to to, to people um, yeah. that, that that they enjoy your uh, and it's clean, wholesome, and healthy. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, you're, not, you're not bringing drunken uh, debauchery to them. <laughs> no, no, ex no, no, exactly. And yeah. uh, and usually and usually there there is always a story, but and, you know, we, we get it we get it all the time. You know, there's always a story, um, and uh, and I love that. And 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 the the whole essence behind the the driver's tipple is there are stories everywhere. The people that yeah. are involved, the people that have influenced and and affected it. As yeah. is there's some some fantastic stories. Yeah, that's great. So Hamish. How do people get hold of your product and how do they get hold of you if uh, they want to get hold of you? If they want to get hold of me, uh, through, through the website, uh, thedriverstipple.com is usually the, the easiest way to email me uh, or through Instagram, we're on Facebook. Um, and uh, the easiest way to get a bottle at the moment is uh, through Amazon. Yeah. Uh, you can find the Amazon, both, both bottles on, uh, on Amazon. And, uh, and hopefully eBay in the next week or so. And the next week or so being uh, from uh, the 11th of January when we are recording this. Uh, yes, so, so mid-January. 2021, I should say. <laughs> in 2021. <laughs> yeah, because this podcast is going to go on for a while, so hopefully. Um, yeah, so I think it's a 
commendable and it's great what you're doing so i thank you very much you. for showing up here today and uh, sharing My your pleasure. story with us and um yeah good luck with the uh, product hamish thank you very much and with your with your podcasts i'm i shall be listening to everyone intently but, i appreciate it thank you no i love it Take care. cheers mate thanks a lot bye that certainly left me with the sense of faith in that we can actually solve the ills that mar the world in terms of business and capitalism and so forth. I'm noticing now that there is a strong movement uh, to move towards more of a kindness economy or conscious capitalism. And this is something that we are going to touch on uh, in coming episodes. It's also very much part of the work we do at the alchemy experience in our coaching workshops and business consulting uh, concepts so if you feel that you as an individual or you as a business would like to explore these topics further and uh, take half an hour of uh, free free consulting with us then uh, please do get in contact go to thealchemyexperience.co.uk or simply just send me an email on christopher at thealchemyexperience.co.uk Keep your eye out for more nuggets of gold from uh, our podcast coming up in the coming weeks, months and years. And until next time, stay well.